Um, today we uh, start a series on Thanksgiving for the saints. Uh, well, today we're giving Thanksgiving for the saints, excuse me a minute, but um, we're going to talk about how we as Christians, as our primary attribute, are thankful. And today, as we've already done uh, in a very powerful, meaningful way, give thanks to God for uh, those who have gone on uh, before us. And so I um, come before you to present the message for today as we um, gather together. We have two passages of Scripture. Uh, The first one comes from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. This is a church that he served longer than any other. And it was uh, a place that he loved the people dearly. And so, starting with the 11th verse of the first chapter, we read, In Christ we have obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory, just like we did a moment ago. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is a pledge of an inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, the praise of his glory. I've heard of your faith in Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, and for this reason do I not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? God, by his power to work in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is to be named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he was Put all things under his feet, for he has made him the head over all things, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills it in all. And now from the book of Hebrews, a very familiar passage that we often speak of on a day like today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, and who for the sake of the joy has set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First of all, let me just harken back to what we did for the last 11 weeks and that y'all now are commissioned. I see a lot of commissioned folks here to go out into all the world and proclaim the love of Jesus Christ. And if for some reason you missed church last week, I don't know why you would have done that, but if for some reason you missed church last week, there's a commission sitting for you on the table back there. And on it gives you some ideas on how you can go and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world. So I encourage you to get that along with the Thanksgiving journal if you haven't uh, done those things. And as I said, today we start just a real brief series in this month of Thanksgiving about Thanksgiving on how we are to give thanks to God in all seasons of our lives and all times in our lives. And we'll talk about that some next week in, in the hard times, you know, giving thanks. 
And today, on this All Saints Sunday, it's very appropriate that we give thanks for the lives of those persons who have gone on before us, but also people who are here with us. Because uh, people in our lives right now are saints that help us live more faithfully for Jesus Christ. The great uh, Carl Marnie was a, a pastor and writer and theologian, and, and he describes a day like today like this. He said, the Christian life is like a house. You have the basement where you store all the trash, okay? We all have that, that place, right? We have, we have the basement. We have the living room. We have the dining room. We have our bedrooms. But he said in Christian home, there's also always a balcony. And on the balcony are those who have gone on before us, and they are looking down at us and smiling and encouraging us. And he said, All Saints Sunday is a day that we look in the balcony. Don't see any balcony people up there today, but we wave at those in the balcony, acknowledging the fact that they are there. They are there. In uh, the great writing by John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, we have Christian and hopefulness going along life's journey. And as they approach the river of death, they're approached by these two beings of incredible light, and in that book, these beings of incredible light aren't angels. They are the saints that have gone on before them to lead them to the heavenly kingdom. And that's what this day is all about, to remember those lights of the lives of people who have gone on before us to help us make the journey of faith until we reach, as, as Robbie sang so beautifully, that, that place of our heavenly home where we will dwell eternally with God. That's what today is all about. And to encourage us to live faithfully in the here and now so we have that inheritance that Paul speaks about as ours for sure. The writer of Hebrews knew what it meant to have people going on before them to encourage the folks in that church. It's a mysterious book. We don't know who wrote it. But we do know through the way it is written that it was a sermon given to people who were struggling and throughout the book, he is telling them to look to the example of Christ. Look to the, what, it, what Christ has done for you. Look to this great high priest. And then for a couple chapters before what I just read to you, he says, look at all these folks who are examples for you, who have gone on before you. And he, he starts way back. He, he starts at Abel who said, whose offering in faith he gave uh, to God. He's, he talks about Noah who, who built this ark in the middle of a desert when people are laughing at him. He talk, what are you talking about a flood out here? Yeah, but Noah is faithful. He talks about Abraham who at the age of 75 picked up everything to go to a promised land. And as the writer of Hebrews says, that is just and a, a metaphor for the promised land to which we are all traveling. And then he talks about Jacob blessing his sons. He talks about Joseph, who even while in prison saw that God's goodness was there. And he goes on and on and on talking about Samuel and David and the prophets and, and saying that their lives are too good for this life. And he said, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, go on with perseverance of faith. Keep running that race. Using that, that metaphor of a race, you, you can imagine him talking about the Colosseum where, where great athletic events took place, where, where the Olympic Games took place. And, the, and there they are cheering on those who are in the middle of the ring, who are running that race, hearing the voices of those who are in the grandstand saying, go on, keep running. You can do this. Before I got a little too old, though I'm still saying I'm not too old, but I, I was really a runner. I mean, I ran a lot. 
And I guess these hills have just done my knees in because they're, they're bugging me some. But I, I still want to try to run. But I, I, I ran a lot, you know. And, and I, I ran a half marathon one time in, at Fort Benning, Georgia. And it, we, it was a great race. It really was on a perfect fall day in, in early November. And uh, we met at the National Infantry Museum, and there's hundreds of runners that were there. And they, they put us in our groupings. And yeah, I didn't admit I was a, you know, kind of a plotter, so I went near the front. But we had people there that, that encouraged us. I mean, there was a lady that, that was there with our group, and she would, she would tell us to keep running on. And there was a hill there on that beautiful course that ran along the Chattahoochee River on that manicured base. Now, around here, it wouldn't be considered a hill at all, but it was a hill there. It was the one hill that was on the race course, about mile five. And along that, that route right there, there was a bunch of drill sergeants from the base, and they had their hats on, and they are yelling at us, saying, I don't see you throwing up. You're not running hard enough. What are you talking about? I mean, it was, they, they made us laugh, and they were laughing, but they were encouraging us running up that hill. But throughout the course, particularly as it got later in the day and, and you know, we're there at mile 9 and 10, and, you know, getting, getting further on when you're thinking about giving up, uh, they had almost at a, every 100-yard point a soldier. And that as we ran by, they would snap attention and salute and said, thank you for serving. And as we got near the end, as it, you know, it was easy to think about giving up as muscles were aching and it was starting to get hot, you know, people were there cheering us on. For you see, we ran that race not just for ourselves and to feel good about ourselves. We were running that race for wounded warriors. And those soldiers that were there were thanking us for running the race for others. Now, that's what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. That we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses encouraging us. Who you may have known personally in your own life. And their memory gives us the fortitude, the courage, the perseverance to keep running. Keep running. You know, some of y'all came forward and, and lit candles for people. And, um, you know, I, I, I lit one myself. And, but today I'm thinking about this woman in my life who encouraged me as my, my maternal grandmother, Lizzie Robertson. She grew up in Chilhowie, not too far from here. Lived most of her life in Franklin County, Virginia. And we'd go spend her summers with her and she'd come down and see us. And she was a, just a testimony to faith in that little mountain village where she lived. She was a school teacher, became one of the first principals in the state of Virginia as a, as a lady. And she was somebody who lived her faith in the history of that little uh, Highlands Methodist Church up there. There is a, a testimony to her faith written by a fellow named Joe Ben Jamison. And he talks about the time when they were renting a little cottage that were on my, my grandparents' property for $1.50 a month. And, and he saw her life and was influenced by her. Well, so was I. You know, I've not seen personally with my own eyeballs the face of Jesus Christ with his beard and long hair. That's what we think he looked like, but we don't know. I've seen the face of Jesus in Lizzie Robertson. And I bet you've seen the face of Jesus in someone who has gone on before you as well. And on this day, you give thanks to God for that person who is still there. For we believe in this great communion of saints that as we gather in this place, we're not alone. 
they're here with us, worshiping with us. I love the Greek Orthodox theology that when they come to worship, they have a big dome over them. And in the dome, there's a picture of Jesus and the saints because we're reminded when you were singing those songs earlier today, so beautifully praised band, thank you again. Well, we weren't alone singing that. The saints were there singing with us. And as we walk this life, we're not alone. Someone you love who's not here with us is there cheering you on. Give thanks for that. And this church, well, we have saints in our midst. You know, Patty read the names of, of many of them, and, but they're inspirations to us and to you, and, and they remind us of, of, of moving forward in our faith and, and moving forward to do the right thing in this community and as a body of Christ. I, I heard several names of people that just, I know, blessed your lives as, as their names were read, and you remember with much thanksgiving who they are. And I remember someone passed away last year. My very first week here, Jim Deal, who's way back there, guarding the door, said, Ed, you need to go see John Thomas. So Jeff McLean and I went to uh, the nursing home to see John Thomas, and he was lucid that day. Into his 90s, he told stories of his life being in the military, working at NASA, a literal rocket scientist. And then he didn't talk about much his work at Appalachia State. He was too modest, but I heard so many things about what he did to make that school what it is today. But I also have heard from many of you what he did to make this church what it is today. He was a leader in this church. He blessed the lives of many people in this church. And I know I've had more than one person who's been here a long time said, I remember going to John Thomas' Sunday school class and I was inspired. And one person said, I was in a dark point in my faith. I was gonna give up. John Thomas inspired me to move forward in faith. Now, there's somebody who's been in this place whose prayers are echoed in this building and in our hearts because the whispers of the saints remain here. Give thanks to God for them because they're still here with us. And may we live like them too. But Paul talks about giving thanks to God for the saints that were there in that church right then and there. And there are people in our lives right now who are saints, who are living and breathing and who are encouraging you and are an example for you. And Paul says, I thank God for your witness, your testimony. Remember I said he was in that church longer than anywhere else. And they blessed his life. And as he remembers them, remembers what they meant to him, remembers what they did for him, he said, thank you. And I'm praying for you because together we share this rich inheritance, which we claim right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's ours. And you're helping me live it out. Who's a saint that you know of that's living and breathing, that needs to hear from you? Thank you. Because we all can use those words. In your midst is someone who's a, a true saint. Well, I think he is anyway, and I bet you agree. Keith Tuttero. I went this past week to see Keith. He's not doing too well. Pray for him. But Keith is a true example of what it means to be a godly leader. 
You know, he uh, answered the call to ministry at a young age, went to Emory and Henry College up in Abington. Uh, he married Pat, went off to Drew Divinity School up in New Jersey where all the Yankees are, but he didn't let that ruin him. And he, he came on back down here and served faithfully in churches. But then he saw something that, as we say in Alabama, that just ain't right. He saw that there's racial uh, division going on. There's racism in the church. And he said, I got to do something about that. And despite the fact that his bishop said, don't say anything, he did. And it cost him. So he left full-time ministry, blessed the lives of many, many people around Newland in that area as a an educator and a principal, still served a church, and I've heard from some of his former parishioners how much uh, he blessed people, serving part-time. And as I tell local pastors all the time, there ain't no such thing as part-time ministry. And he still blesses us by his faithful witness. And as he and Pat have been able, though they're not now, they're right there at the 11 o'clock service. So, yeah, pray for Keith. But if you feel so led, give him a call, write him a note. If not him, somebody. Because there's somebody out there right now that's blessing your life who's a saint for you. Now, I know that word saint is kind of hard sometimes for us Protestants to grasp. We think of that might be something odd or unusual, someone that's super holy or that someone's done a miracle. That, that's not it at all. At First United Methodist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, they're in the pastoral suites, a plaque dedicated to Miss Mary Thompson. And the plaque says this, which so much describes Miss Mary's life. A saint is somebody for whom the light of God shines through. That's a saint. That's a saint. May the beauty of God shine through the prism of your life to beautify the lives of others so that others will give thanks for your life and mine as well. At the conclusion of that letter that Joe Ben Jamison wrote about my nanny, my grandma, he says this, I am a follower of Jesus Christ because of the way you, Miss Lizzie, lived yours. May that be said of us. Thank a saint, be a saint. Amen, amen, and amen.